Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Fuck! How do we lose? We lost to the cover! Why is this happening to me? me. I am Will Pukowski and I am Prodigal Runner. <laughs> <laughs> Get a few today, did you? They're nervous. They're calm. <laughs> it's great to contractually be obliged to be here. <laughs> <laughs> after 80 hours, the second new ball is due. I mean, if you guys the cricket, I mean, you know that, right? Yeah, like, no chance I'm going to follow you. 19th century Pax Britannica. Fuck! They're calling it the greatest World Cup of our lives. But let's make one thing clear in Australia, we don't give a fuck. When do the test matches start? Ed Cowan is on the show, as is Barney Ronay. This is one of the all-time great tournaments right in front of our eyes. As is the great company Budgie Smuggler, which, of course... Max TGC, you, the new range of underwear. Use the code Alpha for twenty percent off at budgiesmuggler.com.au If that is your preference, my name is Ian Higgins. Sam Perry is gripped with World Cup fever. What a tournament, man! What a fucking tournament! You know, Australia's out, uh, but it doesn't matter. We don't care. I'll tell you what doesn't matter, mate. International cricket, and I'm going to tell you why. Finally, I'm going to tell you why. Tell me why. Look, I don't know about tell you. Tell me why. <laughs> Everyone in Australia is meant to be understanding the future of cricket, the trends of the game. Okay. Domestic franchise cricket. We're all meant to become familiar with Chennai Super Kings, mm-hmm. fucking RCB or whatever that shit means. Right. But the the core, the soul of cricket, which finally has had a chance to play on Saturday here in Melbourne because rainy season's passed us. Yeah. Uh, that's where it's at. And that's where I want to begin, if you don't mind, this afternoon. Please, uh, let's get we, to the grassroots. It's about I the grassroots. I don't call it grassroots. It's just cricket. Grassroots even has this kind of idea of like, oh, look, that's kind of, that's the bottom level. Now it is. But <laughs> this is Was just- Was a wheelie bin being used as stumps? Well, I'll get to that because okay. that, that, that those words were- um, Bandied used. about? They were bandied. Mm. Um so fuck international cricket for now. Okay, let's yeah, get to the fuck real that shit. shit. On Saturday, I had the great fortune of uh, looking after my two boys solo. My wife is working a night shift; she's sleeping, so I got to get the boys out of the house. They're mm-hmm. four and they're two, yeah. respectively. Get them out of the house. And I thought, if they behave themselves, I'll treat them to a little ice cream, which usually means Dad is treating himself to an ice cream <laughs> <laughs> because because yeah. Dad needs a little little hit of serotonin sure. to deal with the grim realities looking after yourself. a four and two year old. Nevertheless, uh, so my son wakes up from his from his sleep during the day, and it's time it's time to get out. And I thought, you know what? There's a ground around the corner from my house that I haven't visited in a kind of cricketing sense. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and I'll, I'll name it. It's, it's Yarraville Oval, right? I live in the west of Melbourne. You haven't visited in a cricketing sense. So you're just visiting the park generally. Well, there are, Late there at night, a bit of dogging there, stuff. There are, yeah, there's only two ways you can visit parks, <laughs> in a cricketing sense or dogging. Yes. Front yeah. dogging or literal dogging. Yeah, that's right. No, look, you, you, you got me there. But um, So we get our ice cream. It's a it's a struggle. We get we get in the car. That Why would you give a four-year-old and a three-year-old ice cream in the car? Nevertheless, I had a vision. I wanted to walk around this ground. I wanted to do a lap of the ground with an ice cream. Okay. Anyway, so nice. there we go. Parents will understand. And turn up at the ground, a lot of people there. Oh, a lot of people there. Like, it's, it's, it's the, the car park's full. Okay. And uh, I walk in and I'm expecting to see, you know, this the local team Yarraville. I yeah. don't know the colours. Yeah. You know, just playing a game of, of – of, it's a turf wicket. Do you, know, do you know what the Yarraville like – what their moniker is? The Yarraville Dolphins or something? No. I no. don't know. They wear dark blue, okay. I think. Okay. A colourblind man. Yeah, okay. But anyway – the Yarraville Mongooses. Tra- tra- yeah, that's right. The Yarraville Blue Whales. Uh, <laughs> the famous Blue Whales. You know, I walk in, I don't know what level it is. Uh, I w- they're not playing with wheelie bins, but okay. it's not premier cricket. And are, uh, the, are the stumps different brands of stumps, like a couple of grain equals and one kookaburra? You know didn't, what I mean? Couldn't that see that stuff. far, but yeah. you could, it could be, yeah. you know. And uh, – yeah, like, I mean, I walk in and there's a car park and there are cars that are like, look, look like, because there's a hill in the car park. There are yeah. cars that have driven in, can't get a spot in the car park right. proper. So they they drive onto the hill. Some of the cars look like they're, they're at a 45 degree tipping point and <laughs> they roll at any second. That's the level yeah. we're talking about. Yeah, sort of, sort of like a lover's lookout yeah. except for great cricket or park cricket or whatever. I've just like walked into the car park and like I'm trying to kind of um, bundle my children onto the like the footpath proper off the road where the car park is just because yeah. his kids have got ice cream. Okay. Cars. Anyway, I look up at the scoreboard and I see, I sort of squint a little bit. Yeah. As I say, I say, oh, Yarraville's in the field. Yeah. And, uh, and then I look at the scoreboard and, and I see, um, th- it's a digital scoreboard. Okay. Uh, oh, other side of, of the ground. Bit, yeah. of money, bit, of, bit of money knocking about. Uh, oh, it's Yarraville. Yeah, it's nice area. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, electric nice scoreboard. Area. Come yeah, on. It's a nice ground. It's not yeah. a nice uh, pavilion. I like the scoreboards where you have to do yourself with, the, with your digits and yeah. like, the money gets stuck and it fucking hurts your little pointer <laughs> finger there. Nothing worse. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I just squint a little bit and I'm like, does that scoreboard say two batters in? Like, does, it, does that say Karuna Ratna? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, hang on a second. Okay. Hang on a second. Yeah. And then I say, that says Endeavour Hills. <laughs> yes. And, 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 and oh, the big derby. There's Dimuth Karuna Ratner at the crease. Yeah. And, okay. And he's. And so the might the wheels start turning. Okay. You know, now we're like, talking. Yeah. He's on ninety, not out. I he's bet on, he is. He's on 90. <laughs> Another bloke at the crease didn't recognise his name. Yeah. And uh, which is normally the case. That walking, is usually the case, yeah. Uh, recognise usually, yeah. And uh, look at the score, doing my calculations. I'm like, all right, it's 40 <laughs> overs gone. Okay, this is one day. Uh, 90 yeah. not. Where's he back? I couldn't see where he was in the order. Is he sort of at late? He didn't look like he was really middling them. But I was right. like, no, that's Karuna Ratner and this is Endeavour Hills. So I'm like, you <laughs> ripper. That's great. The boys Perfect. have got their Sharon. We're going to do yep. a lap. Yep. There's Karuna Ratner. I can walk, you know, you can walk past the teams, get nice. a little sense. And, um, and sure enough, uh, the, the Yarraville boys are there, and I, I didn't know them, you know, but I walk up and, and someone said something nice. And, uh, yeah, and I was like, straight I said, surely. ah, just walking past, make sure the boys are sort of listening. Yeah. Not that they give one <laughs> fuck. But, um, what does dad do? And uh, yeah, I'm like, oh, this is so. That's Karuna. I don't know why I said that's Karuna Ratner. Who the fuck else is it going to be? Yeah, right. And yeah, he's, yeah. On, he's on 99. He's, he's, he's inching his way to 100. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Um, 
I'm like, oh, great. I've got something to talk about in the show this week. This, yeah, this is yeah, good. Yeah. And uh, so we're standing there um, watching him and uh, I've got I've got footage on my phone. And so he um, he's on 99.9 uh-huh. and he uh, he affects the single to bring up his oh, 100. Right? A famous 100. And I've got to say, like, I should have set this context up better, like, uh, bowling's okay, okay, you know, like yeah. it's it's it, like guys can bowl with a straight arm. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, no, no one's chucking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there are no long sleeves at Yarraville. The, the kids are good. Like everyone's like, you know, like Yarraville has a good one day. Kids, blue and Devi Hill's got their colours. Okay, I was wearing colours. Okay. Yeah, colours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and yeah. There's a, maybe there's a number I can't remember on the back. I don't, sure. don't think so. Anyway, sponsors and stuff. Yeah, okay. Anyway, Railway just, Hotels a sponsor. That's a good part. Just from like rubber tugs, that's that sort of stuff. Uh, I didn't see that, but it could have been a sleeve sponsor. I don't know. Mary's match. I'm not really. I'm not familiar with what would be around the area, but anyway. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> hey, he's he's labouring there. Anyway, yeah, and he, I want and, a deep tissue. How deep? Well, it's a, it's a little, <laughs> better going through the prostate. <laughs> Get it going through the prostate, and uh, and sure enough, he kind of he he, he miss hits another one. The and and he, he sort of scampers a signal through to like mid on. He may have had a chance to run him out, but he okay. didn't really. And I tell you what, it was celebrations deluxe for oh, really? Timu yeah. Karuna Ratna, who averaged forty in Test cricket, played eighty-two tests with fourteen Test hundreds. Uh, and and <laughs> weren't his mates giving it large too? Really? Oh, it was. They were up out of yeah. their chairs. Uh, and like a oh, hundred's a hundred. Kind of I liked it, I guess. Yeah. And and in the in the throes of the celebrations, the Yarraville guys start laughing on the <laughs> sidelines, going, "It's fucking part cricket, mate." <laughs> Karina Ratner had the helmet off. Yeah, arms, both arms aloft. Yeah, oh, wow, uh, okay, yeah, both arms aloft. So it was it wasn't the Sri Lankan league, was it? No, it wasn't. No, it was full Endeavour Hills kids. Okay, to be I fair respect. respect. Him, that's respect. That's respect. And uh, so that was good. And then um, walked past Endeavour Hills, less conversation there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just look like guys who play cricket, to be fair to them. Yeah, yeah. And, um, most, most of them pros. And, well, <laughs> that, you know, and then you look like, let's, let's, I don't be too much of it, like too sludge it too much. I mean, it's a guy with 14 test hundreds scoring a wheelie bin century. I mean, right. what am I going to fucking say? Right, right, right. But it looked like as a, a um, sort of a Sri Lankan club. And sure. so the guys, you know, I'm not expecting to walk past and have guys fucking smoking durries and talking shit out the side of their yeah. mouths because they're probably just normal guys who like cricket, yeah. you know? So walk past that, going for a lap around the Oval. Some other people said some strange things to me. And then um, on the side, I'm sort of accosting my children a little bit. Like and um, what? Oh, one guy was with his – one guy. all right, well, I don't know if you listen. One, one guy's with um, what must be his partner or his wife or something, but he's standing yeah. five metres away from her. And they're just – there's no sight screens at this ground, by the way. Notice that. Okay. Um, that's a good 100. Another thing, a good 100, yeah, yeah. that's right. And uh, he, he goes like – he's saying to my kids forward too, that it's very little. Yeah. You know, he's like, stay away from that bad lady over there, he says kind of jokingly, you know. <laughs> stay away from that mean lady. And the kids are like – you know, yeah. if you say that to kids, they're like, well, what – what? I don't understand the context yeah, of like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 you've been with Jenny for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Robbo. Pull the other one. Pull pulling your leg again. Hey, what, are we on race two? We want race two? He <laughs> <laughs> winning that day, Rob. <laughs> so we walk past them and uh, and then <sighs> okay. walking around the oval. Okay. And, uh, finally, and then Karina Ratner gets out. Uh, bold, a stoic innings. Yeah, he's tried to lap a bloke, and uh, right. and he's been bold. And um, no one congratulates him as he walks off. There's no yeah. like, no one ostentatiously comes up and shakes his hand right, or anything. Right, right. Yeah. And I'm walking around the ground, and then there's a there's a bloke from Yarraville at fine leg, and uh, and as I'm walking past, he turns around, he turns around, and goes, "Do you reckon this is Wheelie Bin Park shit or what?" <laughs> <laughs> 
this looks all right. Uh, the guys good. are executing. It's Yorkers. And, yeah. uh, and I said, oh, have you picked up anyone? So he goes, yeah, I got Karuna Rat. And I'm like, oh, mate. That, oh, oh, what the, what a back pocket. Yeah. What the back pocket. And he goes, oh, mate. He goes, Dilshan's here too. He's like, Dilshan turned. He goes, Dilshan turned up two hours before the game, scratching him off down leg for 20. Oh, fuck it, hell. You know, fuck me. Uh, I just thought the uh, yeah, the park aesthetic won the day, you know. Well, it, they, it was a real leveller. Like, yep. a, you know, Dilshan, 20, gets mm. there two hours before. Mm-hmm. Cricket's still cricket. Like, oh, I thought that it would be like a appropriate story amidst the, you know, amidst the, the glitz and the glamour of 80,000 at the MCG for India sure. and all that kind of shit. Sure. You know, you can still scratch off Dilshan for 20. You know what? To be fair, they must have struggled to replace Darwin Milan, who actually went down with a groin, didn't he, in that mm, game? So mm. like, he couldn't play on Saturday for him. Issues, man. Uh, yeah, that's they, right. They could be short. They could be short. So makes trouble for the twos because mm. someone's got to come up and it weakens the whole club, you know? A guy like Darwin Milan can't yep. play for the club on Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness <laughs> me. Kus will mend us play twos for Endeavour or something. <laughs> Bring him up. Anyway, I thought that was just a, a, you know, a wholesome story from, of, of real cricket. That's great. That's and great. then I walked past the frog box machine, like the frog box camera, and said something about wheelie bin shit, seeing if anyone picked that up. Oh, and nice, then, ah, nice. You know, well, no, I'm sure someone can find that. It's not all fucking press boxes and Harsha Bogle and shit, you know what I mean? This, <laughs> this, is, this is real. This is the real stuff, the real stuff. Okay. Um, well, uh, since we last spoke, a lot has happened, not just in TGC, but in the world of cricket as well. Uh, we want to thank um, all the people who came to our Melbourne show at the Corner Hotel uh, on Wednesday night. Um, you know, when we, when we booked that, when we booked that um, that date in that venue, that was supposed to be in the midst of Australia's, you know, rise towards well, at least the finals. You know, to oh, defend the crown. Minimum. To defend our our crown, cricket mm. was coming home. Yeah, of course. Uh, unfortunately, by the time that uh, live show started, Australia were knocked out of the tournament. Um, but uh, but it was a great night nonetheless. We had Will Bukowski on stage. He was in fantastic form. Great laughs, good chat. I feel like there was good energy in the room. Wednesday night, a very polite crowd. But it was Wednesday, you know. They mm. gave up their Wednesday night to come and see us. Um, I've actually got a couple of uh, reviews here that people have written in from Patreon. Can okay. I read them to you? Yeah, please. Uh, Bill said, um, really enjoyed the show the other night, boys. Gag of the night was bringing a Sharon on stage as a prop, presumably because we're in Melbourne, and then not referencing it for the entire night. <laughs> Also very much enjoyed when you asked for a show of hands who was enjoying the T20 World Cup and max two people put their hands up. <laughs> everyone, in the crowd has, everyone in the crowd has paid money to go to a live show of a cricket podcast, but at the same time, everyone there knows, knows not to reveal that you enjoy something lest it be used against you. A psychoanalyst could have a field day with that audience. Love you all the content. Cheers, Phyllis. And then uh, just another one, Pez, while well, I've got a roll on going here. Thomas mm. said, uh, live show review. Boys, jubilantly. Long time, third time. I attended your live show in Melbourne on Wednesday and I could not recommend it enough. Puck was hilarious and the way he spoke about various topics was sensational. Um, he goes as a harem of women in the second row to watch him, possibly wearing stolen. He goes smugglers. Pez sledged, Pez sledged my mate for shouting out something during the show. 10 out of 10 worth of money and the hoodie is top notch. Good little customer. Uh, love you both, Tom. Uh, and then he said nice things, which are, uh, I'm not going to read out. Um so uh, anyway, the live show tickets look—they're gone in three of the cities now. I think there's for the actually Nash, for the for the summer tour as uh, for the summer tour, which is in Perth, Adelaide, Brisbane, Melbourne, and Sydney. I think it actually might be in that order. Mm. Um, there are, as we record, there are eleven tickets left for Melbourne. Um, I recommend getting in if you want it. Uh, that's on the twenty seventh. Ricky Ponting is joining us on stage. Sydney, both shows are gone for Sydney, and Perth is also sold out. 
Uh, Sydney, uh, Shane Watson is joining us on stage for that. Uh, and for Brisbane, Justin Langer will be joining us. There are some tickets left for Brisbane. There are some tickets left for Adelaide. I sincerely recommend getting in quick because they are going. Obviously, three of those five cities have already sold out. You can get it at greycricketer.com forward slash live dash shows. You can just go to our website, greycricketer.com. You hover around for the, the word live shows and click it, then that'll take you to the same place. You know how to always use the internet. Uh, of course, um, all the audio we've been doing has been dropping on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash great cricketer. Many of those people are joining us uh, in the crowd for our live shows. But um, but yeah, we just want people to come to the live shows this summer because it's been a hot minute since we've been on stage and it's, uh, it's great fun. We had a great time on Wednesday. So thank you to everyone who came to that show on Wednesday at the Corner Hotel. Greatcricketer.com, bring some mates along. It's going to be summer soon. The real cricket starts, so you know you might feel more inclined to sort of be in the moment when the summer starts. Now, in the meantime, there's a warm-up tournament uh, happening before the summer starts, and it's called the T20 World Cup, I believe it's pronounced. Right. Australia's out of it. Australia is out of the World Cup. They finished equal points with England and New Zealand. The net run rate was an issue from day one after that first game against New Zealand. But they're out. They finished third in the group. Only top two make it through. The semis are sorted. Uh, but Australia's gone. You know, our problem is that we care about it. That's, that's our problem because a lot of people don't. That also kind of hurts a bit because I feel, like, I feel like we should care, but we don't. And I think people are trying to care about the tests and, like, the tests aren't going to be a thing for much longer. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm torn. I'm torn. Mm. I'm torn because, like, Australia has lost – Australia has not achieved the, the like, the high bar of expectation that the public puts on it, even though the public is, like, less than semi-interested in the thing. Yeah. And then you've got to have, uh, you know, a full spill of all positions in the side, which probably should happen given they're, like, in their 30s. Mm. And um, you've got to have a lot of hand-wringing and you've got to have a lot of agenda pursuit as well, like a lot of uh, – yeah, you know, as a particular kind of group of people who've probably been sharpening knives since somewhere around uh, the last summer. Um, <laughs> the transition or, of or some so, uh, leadership yeah, I don't positions. Know, like, those knives are super sharp. Unfortunately, yeah. Australia did well for a long time and went in Pakistan and did a couple of things. And um, but now the the knives are out. <clears throat> so there's that. But I do think that uh, I do think it is cause for some. Concern. I do think that, like, mm. I think the issues uh, around Australia's performance in the World Cup aren't necessarily about, like, this tournament in and of itself. Like, I think more concerning or a little bit unsettling is has been the, the general, like, um, dis, uh, lack of interest from Australia as a, like, as a public, you know, yeah. in, in the tournament itself. Right. Uh, I think that the... Like the t- the performance of the team, if you could speak, the performance of the team is a little was a little bit reflective of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I, I wasn't even aware that like if you put cricket on in October in Australia, that like what the public will do is say like no cricket is like deeply yeah. seasonal in this country. It surprised like, me as well. Yeah, like uh, it's it's a. You know, and this this is a game that's trying to turn itself, I suppose, into a you know twenty four seven three six five cricketers as lemmings uh, kind of mm. like pursuit. But in Australia, it's like we play footy until this time, mm. and then we do about four more weeks of footy coverage because guys are doing time trials or just a little bit of carryover from the season. Then everyone's at the races getting drunk, basically, and it's changeover yeah. season, and people are doing their HSC, and then uh, <laughs> same group of people sometimes, <laughs> and. Um, and, and then when you can, like, smell summer 
and the sun is out, yeah. then we'll have a look at a bit of cricket. Like oh, I'm, I'm only going to have a look at cricket in Australia if I feel like I'm getting a few Christmas parties into me yes. and like there's a, the, the hue of the light is bright enough that I can think about cricket right. and that work is ending and the holidays are nearing. Like I think that's what we learned uh, through through all of this. And it was like for a game that's like, yeah, it, you know, future of cricket is T20, it's circuit, it's domestic circuits and all that sort of shit. Like there's a certain, there's obviously a certain rigidity to how, like to, to when cricket takes off in Australia that might be telling us like, yeah, it's like, Mate, like 10 to 12 weeks a year. Yeah. Like the, the, the nation's into it. The nation wants it. Right. How do you take the nation beyond that? I don't know. Maybe mm. that. Maybe we should just accept it. Mm. I don't know. Like that, yeah, that's what I got from it. Like we can go into the team and selections and shit like that as well. Well, there's, there's, sort, there's sort of two arguments, but they both sort of cross over in some sort of Venn diagram. It's like there's the performance of the team and then there's also like when are we going to get better at this because no one – like – Cricket's, cricket's going to get taken away from Australia. Now, like we were speaking before about how for broadly 100 years, England controlled the game. Then after Kerry Packer created World Series cricket, then Australia ruled the game for X number of years until about whatever whatever many years ago. Uh, until, what do we say, in 2010, something like that. Then in, mm. now India controlled cricket, right? And part of, the th- part of the lack of interest I feel like that Australians have with T20 cricket is that for the most part, every domestic and international T20 tournament exists in a time zone that Australians just simply cannot watch it. Mm. So there's already no interest in it. Then there's also like the, uh, the cultural significance of our test matches tied into um, Christianity, i.e. Christmas mm. and, and time off, Jesus. summer. Je- it's, of co- it's of course tied into mm. Jesus. Twelve disciples, that was... <laughs> you know that, that was that was his first eleven. That's that's right. The twelfth, yeah. and Andy Bickle was running Judas. Drinks. Every team's had a Judas, <laughs> more than one. Um, you know, so it it is tied in, and uh, and and I. It's more pronounced because of the IPL deal, which has just happened, is just so revolutionary to cricket and where it's going. Mm. That Australia's not woken up to it yet, and there's I do also think there's a factor. That it's been La Nina three years in a row. It has been so fucking wet in Australia, which, as we know, is now just the rainy season. Mm. Um, but uh, that that is also a factor. And I wonder if it was like typically warmer, as it can be, especially in the northern cities. In, I wouldn't even include Sydney. That's often warm in October and November. But it just ha- it's been so wet, and so it doesn't feel like summer's here either. So there is like this sort of um, circadian rhythm to our experience of cricket. When like it becomes warmer, we stop wearing we stop wearing hoodies and we start wearing shirts and polos, and it's like yeah. okay, now it's the cricket season. Yeah. So all these things are wrapped up in also the performance of the team because. <laughs> but, but then there's also another element, if I can conflate even more arguments here, where Glenn Maxwell, who just plays like an enormous amount of tournaments, is like, ah, it doesn't really matter. This tournament in Australia was also supposed to be before COVID. It was, it was supposed to be 2020. Then there was one last year. There's also one in two years' time. There's a 50-over World Cup. The Big Bash is on. The Big Bash goes for two months. There's a test summer ahead. When's the Ashes starting? Too much cricket, too much interest. The Big Bash goes for too long. Did I already say that? <laughs> um can it's, I, can it's, I read that Glenn Maxwell quote? To yeah, you, by please. The way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought I, I think it's really it's it's worth reflecting on. It is. Quote. Yeah. It was after. Yeah. It was after uh, Sri Lanka failed to beat England to keep Australia in the tournament, mm. uh, and, the, and and it's been reported widely. He said, uh, and I'll just pick out the ones that work for me. No, he sure. said. Um, you can't dwell on it. I think you move on pretty quickly. We've got a one-day series against England. Probably twenty-four hours later, 
<laughs> and then we've got the big bash, and then we've got four-day cricket. Cricket never stops, so you don't get time to dwell. Maybe when you retire, you think back to it, uh, to it would have been nice to win, uh, to win that, but it doesn't mean anything. Mm. I wish we had have won, but we didn't, which has since been reported as Maxwell saying it didn't mean anything. You know, that was the yeah. big thing that, yeah. that stuck out. But the thing that strikes me about Maxwell's comments is that, like, you know, we ask guys to be candid mm. in cricket. That That's a deeply candid comment from a player. And, like, can you blame a guy who um, is – playing in um, an economy that's been arranged mm. to make him a, a lemming of cricket, a Pac-Man just eating up cricket balls and Indian rupees and US dollars in the one <laughs> colour. Uh, Is that you in know, the one colour? Um, <laughs> you know, like uh, tournament after tournament after tournament. Yeah. I mean, it would, as a way to cope with cricket, it would yeah. breed that kind of approach. Like, yes. And he's just, he's just being honest about that. Uh, I, w- I wonder whether he would have said it if Australia had made the semis, you know, or sure. the finals. There's probably some defensiveness to it. But yeah. really, like, this is one impact of making so much cricket on all the time. You're going to get players, and people do, uh, sort of intone this anyway, you're going to get players for whom it doesn't um, – they can't play if it's life mm. or death all the time because mm-hmm. there's just another game around the corner. Like you're saying sort of uh, facetiously – 24 hours later, it's not exactly 24 hours later, but it's fucking Pretty not close. far off, yeah. you know, off from that. And yeah. so it's no wonder players kind of adopt the attitude of like, well, we're mates, I don't take it to heart too seriously because I've got to play another game straight away. It's literally how you evolve your mentality to it. The captain, the captain Aaron Finch before the tournament said that the boys are tired. Vrat Coley took a break beforehand. Ben Stokes has, ta- ben Stokes has taken a break from cricket. Um, Meg Lanning has taken a break from cricket. There's, there's so many men and women who are taking a break from the sport because of the endless cycle. Now, like, what's interesting is that um, also New Zealand and India are playing in a series, in a T20 series, two days after the World Cup final. Mm. The England and Australia are playing ODIs. I get the feeling that there actually might be more people in Australia who will turn up to those ODIs than there will be. I mean, on a Friday night, Australia must win game. Good weather in Adelaide, Australia, Afghanistan. It ends up being a great game. 18,000 people. There is... That that is that is an unbelievably low number. It's it's almost embarrassing. That's almost an embarrassing number. Now, like there there must be reasons for that. Like not everyone needs to like cricket as much as I do or you do or people even listen to this show. But there's obviously reasons where people are like not interested. Mm. I'm not. It's it, it may be cultural. It may be a time zone thing. I'm not sure. It may be that the team isn't lovable. Maybe I mean they literally won the World Cups. They have they have yeah. won some stuff. It's good players, but like. There's, there's a reason why no one cares, and it's just it's trying to hard, hard to figure it all out. I suppose it might be more interesting for people to maybe actually dissect what happened in the tournament, and it, it's interesting that... Uh, they didn't play very good cricket. They didn't play good cricket, But by the same no. token, or did they actually just play the cricket that they've been playing for a long time, mm. you know, where it... where. I, uh, and we've talked to Ed Cowan already, who's coming up on the show. But, yeah, it was a good uh, chat. It, it contextualised what happened last year. Like, don't, mm. don't take anything away from them winning that tournament last year. But really, like, this this tournament for Australia felt like a regression to the mean. This is generally how they perform in T20 World Cups. That they had, Though they had a very bad start against New Zealand, they had a, a clear job in front of them. They couldn't really put together any cricket to make up that gap. I mean, yeah. they, they, you know, there was all this stuff about, oh, well, they could have, you know, Lorcan Tucker got in their way, uh, Rashid Khan got in their way, but these guys got in their way because they're just good and Australia couldn't get them out. It, it wasn't like a performance. Yeah, they're, just, they're not better. They, they just... T20 cricket's good. Like Australia win by a couple of rounds against Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, it's probably about where they are. Six yeah. in the world. That's it. It's like, and so, but the question is, it's a it's underperformance relative to the resources of Australian cricket. Yes, 
Uh, yes. I don't know. And, I, you know, I'm just a guy who wants to walk past the TV in his country to be good. I don't really care how <laughs> it happens. Um, as long as you sort of uh, commit to my full political spectrum of beliefs of course, uh, yeah, in your yeah. e- economics, etc. That's right. As long as you do those things, like yeah. sort of reflect my values, um, perform at the best in a zero-sum game against other nations, particularly rising nations economically, yep. um, then I'm fine. But the moment that doesn't happen yeah. – um, you know, that's going to cause a problem for me. Like I'll have yeah. an emotion maybe for yeah. – I'll just have any emotion, uh, you know, for a minute or two yep. and uh, then get on with my day. And, and, look, that's not good for business. I think an interesting one, Pez, is that uh, there. I don't think – I don't think there is another bowling attack in the world that basically has the same test bowling attack as T20s. Yeah. Now, that, that's not to say that any of the guys who played in this World Cup for Australia are bad – necessarily bad T20 bowlers, necessarily. But they just – it's just such a specialised skill. And it is interesting that that other countries perhaps are more focusing on their T20 cricket, maybe. I'm not sure about this, maybe. Because they're not getting any test cricket, so they're more developing their skills. They have, they have um, more guys with better T20 skills because they're just playing T20 tournaments, maybe. But it is interesting. Maybe the boys got a bit comfortable, you know what I mean? Won the comp last year, you know. Maybe. Chuck us all down on the cha- team uh, sheet. <laughs> Get a little reward at home. Yeah. Got a bit comfortable, the boys. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. I mean, before last year's World Cup, Australia was six in the world. They won the World Cup and then they just lost basically every second series from there and they finished, let's call it fifth in this World Cup. I mean, if they were in group two, they, they won more games than Pakistan. Pakistan lost two games. What, what Australia's tournament comes down to is basically they didn't get on against England. Yeah, but, but they could have been out of the tournament, mate. England could have <laughs> fucking smashed yeah. Australia. In fact... England would have been favourites going into that game, I'm yeah. sure. Despite, in fact, they've actually England never won a T20 game in the MCG. But you know, I reckon that might change soon. Um, so you know, it's it's hard to tell. Yeah, if, no. It's 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 really hard to tell. But that's also the volatility of T20 cricket, isn't it? It is really hard to tell. But it just feels like. I mean, I think people were people had questions anyway. <sighs> Nicely, Josh Inglis playing uh, Marsh Cup though. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's uh, let, me, let me read you something from, uh, from Patreon, Pez. Joshua wrote him, uh, boys, if Australia fucking come out in the presser and say, uh, we dropped Stark for the upcoming supper, then fucking shit in a cup and feed it to my cat because fuck me. How can they say they care about cricket if our best swing bowler isn't playing against a country who's meant to be fucking nothing in our eyes, just like when Nan walks out to the middle at Christmas, she becomes nothing but beamers and it's fun. This was meant to be fun for Australia, but instead I'm left fucking not caring either because my country doesn't care about cricket anymore. Or as if... We don't care because of La Nina. I don't fucking know and I don't fucking care. I may as well say to my club coach, make me a specialist number 11 back because I don't care. That's the feeling I got from this World Cup. Australian cricket doesn't care. <laughs> By the way, that was all one sentence. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Look, breathless, yeah. Joshua. We expect nothing other than just sheer dominance and victories at all costs and all times. Yeah. And unless that's happening... And then you can mathematically work out, well, other teams are going to have a go. It's like, mm. it doesn't really matter. Like, we just expect to be mm. the best at all times and I don't really care how it gets done. I'm going to get on with my life and I want Australia to win. Semis at least, you know. Semis and blow up at up about umpire decisions at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you that's know? right. That's right. Well, um, I suppose we should speak to Ed Cowan because we crossed across some of these themes anyway, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, but before the pairs, we need to thank our dear friends at Budgie Smuggler, the new underwear range. Mate, light and breathable. Use the code ALPHA for 20% off at checkout at budgiesmuggler.com. I'm, I'm looking outside in Melbourne. Melbourne's done it, finally. Melbourne's actually found itself uh, offering something that looks like a summer or a sun, which is sensational. It and did uh, just stop raining. 
It, oh yeah, sorry, yeah, I forgot. It was raining for a bit. Today. <laughs> uh, but uh, well, this morning anyway. All right, yeah. fucking go. I need this. <laughs> and, uh, it was nice this morning. Uh, you know, uh, the, uh, it, it, when you see sun like that, you think well, I wouldn't mind a light and breathable little undie there, little Reg Grundy. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. I'm out in the land now. I don't want flies to get me mouth. <laughs> And we're offering that value to you with Budgie Smuggler. You're getting 20% off using the code Alpha. You can get you can get one, you can get one pair, you can get five pair. I'm just offering offering deluxe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Budgiesmuggler.com. Use the code Alpha at budgiesmuggler.com.au. And Pez, our dear friends at T20 Stars. Now, Pez, I, I want people, I want people to be getting around T20 Stars. Uh, as also um, Shane Watson, who that interview um, sort of disappeared for a bit, and then got back up. That was weird. I don't know what happened there. Um, but um, but that that interview with Shane Watson is now live. You can find it on YouTube. It went up, it went down, and then it, it landed again when a lot of other interviews about his book tended like landed. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Just all coincidence. That really. was raw coincidence. Uh, anyway, that's also it's also on the on the uh, on the podcast feed uh, as well but um, but Watto uh, has obviously got his mitts all over T20 stars oh, T20 yeah. stars.com uh, gloves kit pads bundles 15% off bundles Ooh, everyone yes, site wide not even a code just get involved in the bundle you don't even have to t- need to type anything in oh, I used to say 15 if you were a friend of the show yeah, now it's just yeah. now it's just open slather so, <laughs> absolute open slather <laughs> which is what he's promising you with his new book as well actually if you apply a few of his thought processes he's may apply the thought processes open slather now in the in the series in the in the road safety series and also the legend yeah, series yeah. what i was I playing both of well. those uh we were actually talking to what i offered about how he took down graham swan now you can see some footage of that he's using t20 stars kit as is mitch johnson okay as is brett lee's son and did Mitch Johnson take down Irfan Patan, or was it Yusuf Patan with, with T Twenty Stars kit, yes, or was that he more did. just with his words and his uh, dignity? Uh, <laughs> I took him down with his dignity. Yeah. Anyway, you can get all that stuff at t20stars.com. Bundles, fifteen percent off. It's just value. You know what? Here he is. Here's the great man. Here's Ed Gowan. It's been a little while since we've had him on, but he does remain the best friend of the show. It's Ed Cowan. He has a hard stop in about 20 minutes. I've seen his calendar. He's part of the investment team at TDM Growth Partners. And so we will have a very serious conversation right now. Ed, welcome back to the show. Oh, what a treat. I thought I got invited. Either One of two things were happening. One, this was the official start of summer, obviously, yeah. as the the Juan Antonio Samaranch of the grade cricket, I get to declare <laughs> that the season is open. <laughs> but if that's not the case, as it turns out, and I've misread this situation, it feels like due to some kind of budgetary constraints, you made a request for, I don't know, Hardik Pandya, he asked for 20 large, and you're like, shit, we need a... We need a guest on the show. We'll call our old mate Ted. He'll do it. He wants to stay relevant. Here I am. Hi. <laughs> And he's only doing it for 10 large as well. Yeah. So it's, it's cut yeah, price yeah, rate, yeah. mates rates. Exactly. Mates right. rates, cashy. Everyone loves a cashy. Yeah. It's so exciting though, because it is the start of the summer now. Now what's going to happen in the test matches? Oh, wow. Is there a test series? <laughs> Who's playing in that? Not the sure. West Indi- oh, the West Indies are playing oh, the, the Netherlands because that's about their standard at the moment. That's going to be a humdinger. Oh, we'll, 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 we'll get to it. We'll get to the Okay, te- okay. And the, I've got the, another the, story to tell momentarily as well. Oh, as to, before we can I, can I just have the floor for a moment? Okay, yeah. No, it's just flowing well. Uh, sure. It's been Yeah, amazing. okay. Yeah, sure. So just as a – I just want to share something with you because I haven't had the, the chance, but I was – lucky enough to be in New York for work. And this guy who I was meeting was like one of the, the key 
Morgan Stanley Bankers of the World. I think he'd sold the Houston Astros the week before. He's like the guy in sports, entertainment, and media. I thought he wanted to make me because I played 18 tests for Australia. <laughs> Evidently not. First question. Do you guys, do you know the great cricketer? <laughs> I'm thinking, what? You guys have blown up. Since the last time I was here, you've gone from small time studio to New York Broadway. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh so That's proud of you guys. It's like it's it's like the you know that little baby that you see grow up. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Over to you. Sorry, I, I've had my. I don't know how to do. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to do with that. Very off brand. Yeah. Now, uh, as we go to where Australia has be, the only way you can uh, be out of a World Cup is to is to be dumped or to crash out. Yeah, bundled. World Cup. Could be bundled. Could be bundled. bundled. You definitely get things. bundled out of World Cups. Yeah, so did they bundle themselves out? Like, what did what did you make of Australia's campaign? A self inflicted bundle. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> uh, I would say my my main. Uh, feeling towards their campaign is unsurprising. Nothing about it and the mediocrity to which they played was surprising, which is sad because we all want to be on Team Australia. But this this was hard to kind of watch because you could see the train crash coming probably from three years ago, really. And I know we got a bit lucky and we're the world champions, but in fact, we're ranked six in the world is our official ICC ranking. And that kind of feels exactly where we are in the world in this format, I think winning the world cup, uh, 12 months ago probably didn't allow us to make the changes that were needed. And we're now have in fact reaped what we, what we sowed many years ago. So hopefully this is the watershed moment that, that changes the nature of the team. It's a format that we haven't yet mastered by no stretch of the imagination. So that's my overarching feeling. I don't know if, if, if you've got anything to add there, Pez. Oh, I think, yeah, like I, I think it probably contextualizes the 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 win last year. But to, to your point about Australia being sixth in the world, so they probably end up finishing up exactly where they deserve to finish. Yeah, given that we're one of the we're supposedly one of the big three nations and we're much better resourced than pretty much every other country when it comes to cricket. Like, why do you think the country chronically? Um, underperforms or maybe doesn't invest or whatever it is in this particular format, why are we not as good as we probably should be? That might take more uh, dissection than I, I can give in a short amount of time, but it's a, it's a really interesting topic. And, you know, whether you want to point to the depth of the big bash and the structuring of how that competition has kind of played out over the last couple of years. Uh, and the, the biggest bellwether, I think, is how many Australians are playing in the IPL? Because that is a moment where, um, you know, there's no emotion attached to selection. It is purely driven by outcomes. And so there's no relationships that need to be managed. The best players are at the IPL. And slowly over time, the, the number of Australians who not just go to the IPL, but who actually play week to week and are then, you know, even smaller percentage are match winners, you can count them, you know, not even on one hand. And so that's a great indication of the quality of T20 cricketer that we're producing. The why, I think, you know, maybe as a, as a society in Australia, we haven't valued this format of the game as much as other nations it's the way other nations feel like they can compete uh, and we've seen that with the emergence of some in incredible 
um, you know, results and and upsets because T20 is really the vehicle for these associate or, or lesser known uh, cricketing nations to, to make a statement. So all their resourcing is going into T20 cricket and we are still focused on other formats of the game, rightly or wrongly. I completely agree with that, Ted. And also, I, I mean, maybe it might be alarmist, but at the this World Cup, you were saying to me off air that this is like Australia's the oldest team in the tournament. Um, yeah. You look at the bowlers, they're all plus 30s. And then, you know, Australia played their B team against England, didn't they, in that warm in the warm-up series beforehand? And everyone was like, wow, it's just the B team. But that's like that's like the next crop. And the next crop ain't great. Like in, in comparative terms, because I think we've spent so much time focusing on if we can bet the West Indies, you know, um, on the gold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I wonder, aren't they a team, the West Indies? I mean, that, that was some big fixtures as it turned out. Six <laughs> were playing ninth in the world and we we're trying to get excited. <laughs> um, on Kavalav, exactly. I think, um, but like we could be facing a bit of a time where we're actually further and further behind because the more we focus on, you know, the bat off in the Sheffield Shield, other countries are more focusing on the T20 cricket because that's, that's how they compete. So, and like our next cabs don't feel like they're even that good. Yeah. They're like lifts, not even Ubers. <laughs> the next cabs, BDs. But I, it's it's an interesting point he goes, and I think you could kind of the, the the counter to that argument is they are good, but they haven't been given the extended opportunity to find a role in the team and actually grow into that. And so you go back to the original point of who are those players who are emerging in IPL teams. You you look at a Tim David, you look at a Nathan Ellis, you look at a Jai Richardson. Uh, and potentially a Hayden Kerr in the future. These are the style of player that you can't just expect them to turn up to international cricket at, you know, w- without uh, the context of uh, of really giving them a defined role in that team and without an extended run and expect them to perform. Mm. And so if there is going to be turnover in the team, they really need to invest in who they think the next bunch of cricketers are and give them a good solid run before the, the 24 World Cup. Mm. You're an administrator of sorts, Ed. Like you're on the of uh, sorts. Cricket New yeah, yeah. South All Wales right. board. I don't know <laughs> if I was meant to kind of mollify that comment or whatever. I mean, you, I know you're an investment, uh, you know, yeah. in the investment team at TDM Growth Partners, but um, like uh, on the question of Australia's underinvestment in T20 cricket or uh, underperformance or whatever you want to call it, and then this kind of more intangible question about the public's relationship to the format we've seen through this tournament. We could barely grab a crowd for a must-win high-stakes World Cup matches played by the host nation at home. Uh, as an administrator, do you think the, the the deeper truth is that, like, cricket is super seasonal here in Australia and that the public is um, really wedded to Red Bull success? Uh, and if that is the case or if you accept that, what do you do as an administrator to try and bring the public along the journey for want of a better cliche of mm. where the future of cricket is, you know, can you get Australians to enjoy year round T20 cricket when we love our footy so much and we've only got so many people here? What, mm. what, what do you do? Another big question. So <laughs> if you get just, done, just to break it down. So I, I think two things come to mind and, and that is T20 international cricket, needs context and there's nothing more contextual than a world cup so when i say that and i think people aren't turning up to watch the australian team it's like the wallabies people don't turn up to watch your home team lose and so there was almost this sense of we're not a great team maybe 
and it and it played out exactly that. Uh, am I going to give up my Tuesday night at seven thirty? Uh, maybe it's going to rain. I've got three kids, and I'm going to go to work tomorrow morning. And it plays back to as a, the question about as an administrator, how would you change the psychology of, of the public? It comes back to to me the success of the Big Bash and how we've fiddled with it, uh, how it, despite you know the protestations of of otherwise, it has really been a a bit of an abject failure the last couple of years We're by every metric and you can spin it however you want. And so in the, the psychological um, version of the, the story that the public tells themselves is, do I really care about this? I don't care about T20 cricket. I don't really think the players really care about it. And then you have Glenn Maxwell come out and say that it doesn't really hurt to lose or to be bundled out of World Cup. And, and the narrative is exactly as they are telling themselves it to be. So you need to change it from the bottom and the ground up. And all of a sudden you have a great team and people want to, we know, support great teams. That, that is fact. And so if it's a team worth supporting, like it is now in the test team, people turn up to watch that. Don't know if that answered the question. It's a roundabout kind of, of uh, commentary. Make, but... make the team good <laughs> and yeah. make Big Bash good. No, I, yeah. I want to tell as well um, that, I wonder if the Australian public is maybe just a little bit off the team. And I know the teams are different between white ball and, and red ball, but I, wa- I wonder if there's, I mean, there seems to be a lot of negative press, especially post sandpaper into post Langer into mm. post Alinta. Um, <laughs> like yeah. it, it does. A little on the nose. You think, you think it's getting uh, a little whiffy. I think so. Cause I, I mean, it's just continual negative press and like, cause it, if, if the team isn't winning a lot of games, I mean, they literally won the ashes in the world cup last year. So maybe it doesn't, that doesn't ring true at all, but I just get the feeling like there's not many heroes that guys, that people, that, sorry, that the supporters get behind. I thought Cummins might've been, but Cummins mm-hmm. feels a bit like ever since he took over the captaincy and, you know, he stabbed the coach in the back, you know, that's how it was perceived. I wonder if there's people aren't turning up because it's like, ah, oh, who do I want to see today? Interesting, interesting narrative. And there's no doubt blockbuster names is what sell tickets. Bums right. on seats are by box office players. We know that. And so you might be right. I don't, you're, you're closer to the average man on the, the cricket street than I am. He goes, so you probably, you're probably better to, to comment. I, I don't necessarily get that sense. I think not sure the T20 World Cup has been sold as an event as well as it probably should be. You know, it's a delayed event and right. you couldn't tell really who was playing who on it on any given night. It was a bit of a traveling circus. So I found it hard to, from a, a live viewpoint, I know our office is certainly talking about the event. I think it's on the tip of everyone's tongues because it has been a phenomenal event. Mm. Uh, it just so happens that Australia isn't part of that phenom. <laughs> well, yeah. well, uh, just just on that point, like, w- what have you liked in the tournament? You know, like, are, are you into it? I mean, you're not the average. I'm totally into it. I'm all Australia. in. Yeah, yeah like, I'm all like, in. Are, are you? Yeah, you you're all in. What have you liked about it? What do you What do you yeah. see coming up in the tournament too? So I tend not to watch too much T20. You know, bilateral T20 cricket. It's nice to stay in touch and invest in the game, but. It's also hard to watch the West Indies play New Zealand at three o'clock in the morning. So to see uh, the nature of the game and the tactics of the game and how they've evolved in a very short space of time. And I think we've seen the emergence of power hitting more broadly over the last two or three years. And we probably haven't given that credence and it shows up on the, on the bigger grounds. Uh, I've loved the unpredictability 
and the emergence of of these lesser known nations and players on the world stage on on any given day you can have the netherlands beat south africa or namibia beat sri lanka and and so t20 cricket really is the vehicle for cricket to be globalized truly globalized and we're seeing that with a bit of investment and a little bit of love and a little bit of care from the cricket community that you can have a global sport and that excites me because it's pretty effing boring watching the same five countries play each other the whole time so that's excited me i think the the conditions have been superb and it brings in you know a, a style of cricket that's really attractive the pace of the ball brings in 360 degree players and so the best players have risen and, and it allows fast bowlers to to really participate in the game so in terms of balance of bat and ball and the skill it's hard not to admire what has been going on so it's just it's been wonderful and and the way the crowds have been involved i mean largely subcontinental you know have have held it up because you know the australian crowds are as you say have been pretty average but I, i've loved it i think it's been by far and away the best tournament um i can remember from the icc point of view We've got England, New Zealand, Pakistan, India left, all of them with, with their own narratives and matchups and stuff. But who who have you got and who do you want? They might be too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we all <laughs> we all want India to play Pakistan in the final. I think that's just the, the, the heartstrings being pulled left, right and centre. It's hard not to see India lifting the trophy. They've just got all their bases covered and they're playing, I think, the best cricket. My heart says Pakistan over New Zealand, but it my head probably says New Zealand. Uh, and I think England, who were my tournament favourites beforehand, just haven't put the performances together uh, at any one time to really shine, where I feel like India, momentum matters and and, and they've certainly not only got the, the personnel, but they've got the the performances on the board. So my, yeah, my gut feel says India are going to be lifting the trophy, but I'd, I'd love to see... India play Pakistan, the MCG in front of 5 billion people hanging from the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've got a hard finish coming up here, uh, Ed. So I'll throw you a little bone here. You do Ooh. a great podcast, Grandstand Cricket Podcast with, uh, with Corby there. Anything you'd like to say about the little show that you do? No, I mean, <laughs> all I'll say is you can listen to both. You know, we, we provide different, th- this is where I come for my laughs. And if you, uh, if from a, and that's not to say, uh, your insights into the game aren't remarkable. No, no, this is like this is like Ross, Ross and Rachel, you know, in Friends. You know, like Rachel had great sex with one guy, and she said Ross was great for laughs. He was just in the corner of the room doing jokes while she was having hard sex. Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, if if you were going to describe Corby and I, that's probably exactly how yeah. I'd love to be described. That's great. It is great. I, I listen. I listen every week. Um, Ed, thanks so much for joining us, mate. I don't think the summer started, so I'd like to have you back for the actual summer of uh, the summer commencing. <laughs> um, this is just some weird chat about uh, small white ball stuff that uh, doesn't Warm-ups. matter because we didn't uh, win. So, cheers, mate. I love you guys. Thanks for having me. There he was. <laughs> and there he was. You know, it must be the summer. It must be summer now that Ted's on the show. We're warming up. All right, let's talk about the rest of the World Cup, Pez. Um, what do you like? Oh, South, Afri- liking, South Africa fucked it. Yeah, bed South Africa stuff. fucked it. Now, you were telling me Mark Boucher said that this is the worst of it. Now, we're, we're, try- we're, trying-, we're trying to rank South Africa's fuck-ups in World Cup, in World Cups. It's going to be impossible. There's going to be things that we just don't remember. I have to tell you, that home World Cup in 2003 – 
when they were playing against Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka and Morley is bowling to Mark Boucher. That's right. And it's the last over before a rain break because, well, it, it, at that point, it's already raining. Yes. And Boucher takes Morley down down the ground. I think it's down the ground, sort of cow cornerish, and he hits him for six. And then all of a sudden, he thinks that South Africa are ahead of the run rate. So they've made and, the calculation. And, and Tony Gregg is he's commentating at that time. And he knows and that they're not behind. He, he says there's a ball left. If they yeah. go off after this ball, all South Africa needs is one run. One he run. wouldn't say exactly like that. He would have said, be, he would have said it better than that. Yeah. Much more interesting. than that. Fuck, he was good. Fuck, he was good. He was. I would I, have I loved to have seen it. I didn't appreciate the it. The size of it. I, yeah. The sheer size of yeah. Tony Gregg. It, it looked like an enormous man. <sighs> oh. Yes. It, it looked enormous. It looked on enormous. And so if, you, if it looks enormous on screen, you can only imagine off. Like, like, Mate, so I've got to say, I've got to say, this is just sucking to me brain. Yeah, this will be good. Because I've seen the way your, your cheeks have gone. What here. about all time dinner guests? Tony Gregg. <laughs> I'm having a look at Tony Gregg over a steak and a, and a Merlot. Oh, he'd have some great side mouth comments. <laughs> I imagine <laughs> he would, Tony he Gregg. really would. Because he'd be at your table and he wouldn't be wearing a hat either. You no, got he's a, not wearing a hat. You got to factor that in. Yeah, but you didn't see him a lot of time without a hat on, you know. Which I'm not going to judge. No, I didn't. Obviously. No, I didn't. But he's going to be sitting there. <laughs> sure, sure. But, uh, I'd imagine. Now, that if you could start wearing a Panama hat, that I can get behind that for oh, the shows. I was, for I was just trying to retire. Like <laughs> that's just all his. But uh, sure, yeah, I'd imagine it. I'm imagining him at dinner table. He's got a big serviette like coming out. Yeah, of his, yeah coming yeah. out of his top because he's yeah. eating a steak there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big bottle of red, bit of plonk, bit of plonk. Yeah, and he'd have a yarn or two. Oh yeah, and it'd yeah. be bellowing, be holding court big time. There'd be shoulders fucking everywhere. Shoulders to Africa. See you later. Job done. Six points in a song. Anyway, so he's on commentary, and then Boucher just blocks the ball, and they go off the field, and they thank you beauty and then they must go in the sheds and they realize oh fuck it's actually a tie and we go out yeah i mean that i mean that for me actually might pip the 1999 one where where is just taken down fleming Whoa. and then he hits one to mark or who somehow just flicks it the stumps misses the balls and then fleming temping bowling one um, i mean i'm sorry it, it doesn't hold a candle to whatever the fuck happened in 99 <laughs> i'm sorry like oh, this mark boucher looks like uh, it was it was a it was a, a a choke of the brain, you know. Whereas, yeah. like th- this was holistic. Like Do- sure. Donald dropping the bat is is some of the yeah. best stuff as well. Yeah. All of a sudden, the bat's out of my hands. Like, yeah. I, just can't, I don't know a bat anymore. <laughs> uh, slippy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we we saw some footage today where like you could actually hear Gilchrist yell yeah. "Flam!" Yeah, which I, I Scream, had, like yeah. like um, I hadn't noticed that before. Oh, what's what's the, I can't think of the right word at the top of my head because I'm not bellowing. Even no, it's, uh, it, screech. Uh, it is a shrill. It is a, it is a shrill. It is a shrill, but it's just, it's guttural. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just comes from this place of sheer desperation yeah. about what's about to unfold. Yeah, I mean, like, can like you imagine winning a game die. like that? Yeah. Imagine oh. being a professional cricketer and winning a World Cup semi final like that. Because he knew Gil Chris. How the fuck do you not go out for a week and a half after yeah. that? How do, you, how do you go out and then beat Pakistan in the final but with with about 17 overs left? No, it was more than that, actually. Would it have been as, it, look, it wouldn't have been as dramatic if June had like dive flicked oh, and fuck, knocked it. Absolutely. Fuck, it would have been good, though. Kissed on the dick. He still looked so good, even though he missed a run out that like, you know, <laughs> if things gone, uh, had gone differently, people think, ah, oh, geez, if only he'd hit from there. Yeah. Still looked fucking good. <laughs> you know, it still looks so good. But Why yeah. can't I see him like side-mouthing hit him? He's gathered it cleanly. They don't yeah. even think about the gather in that situation. It's a dive flick in one gather. No one even talks about Mate, Mark Waugh's role in that. Me off. That gets me off. Yeah. That makes me fucking horny. Oh, nothing makes me hornier. <laughs> I'm still though. I'm still though thinking about Tony Gregg now at dinner. He's got his uh, serviette. He's got his, and like, yeah. do you think like? It, 
like Tony Gregg could go through a period of silence at the dinner table right. and someone else is holding court about a story mm. or something. Mm. And it could be any of the big doyens, like even, even Richie. Yeah. And – Tony Gregg would be quietly chewing on his steak, medium rare, big right. old bop up, yeah. maybe a porterhouse or something. Sure. And uh, you could imagine him, his ears prick up at something, and while he's chewing, I just mm. in my head, I could imagine him chewing mm. and kind of and and interrupting at the at that point, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like, and I, like it's, I don't mean it as a sledge. No, I can no, just no. Imagine it. Like, uh, I'm not doing a South African accent, yeah. here. Richie. Yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah. it would have been nice. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. we, we, we've spoken on Patreon before about Ultimate Dinner Guests. Sure, Benno, sure. Bradman, something in the bathroom for you. Yeah, it just, it just flicked into my mind. No why. Yeah. Your South Africa stuff and he was on comms in that game. Anyway, yeah. this, this so Mark Boucher himself, obviously a South African coach, said that this is this is the worst one. Um, Which, which you it, would say if you were the architect of the last one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, 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 this one's <laughs> yeah, way worse. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, in my personal opinion, yeah. <laughs> uh, this should be the one everyone remembers. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it is a fucking all-time bed shit, though. Uh, losing to the Netherlands, you know, but that's also the nature of the World Cup so far, especially the past week. There's been upset city, mm. upsets deluxe, mm. giant, giant slaying, killings, slaying, killing dragons, dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Just say some words. I, I talk in YouTube search terms now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> Dragon kill. How yeah. big slaying? <laughs> that's right. How woke? Yeah. Cancelled. <laughs> Dragon wife, net net worth. <laughs> Where live? That's right. <laughs> Is he still alive? How big controversy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was South Africa. They were looking good at the start of the tournament. Yeah. Mate, the, like, one one thing about this World Cup, like the mate, the, tell me one the, thing. The sheer one weird trick, the, the sheer jeopardy of this World Cup. Like, right, right, right. Mate, unless cr- you're Pakistan, cricket, cricket for like. White ball cricket for the last 20 years has almost, like, its singular defining quality Mm. has been how good it has been at creating meaninglessness and forgettable games. Like, like more than other sports, white ball cricket has this quality of, like, you you could... like hilariously test anybody on something that happened last week. They're like, nah, couldn't, couldn't fucking, couldn't tell you one thing about that game last week. Haven't got a Scooby, mate. (laughs) And all of a sudden, like. It's gone completely the other way. Like, so you play all these games that mean nothing. You know, they've got yeah. no context, no yes. points, no anything. It's just a color. There's a couple of yeah. color colors, jerseys playing against each other. Is it a TV thing? I don't know. It's on. It's in the one past. color. It's true. And, it's um, all greenbacks. And then you've got this World Cup where, like, one slip, one little mistake, you're fucking out of the tournament. Like, yeah. mate, three or four days ago, South Africa was, like, going through undefeated. Yes. You know, one one um, yeah. one washout. You Incredible know. chase yeah. against India. Chase in against Perth. India. Fantastic yeah, that's game right. cricket. Nokia, top wicket taker. you got Rabada in the side. Bit out of form, but good. David Miller, best number five in the world. Right. So, Bavuma's starting to find some form. It's all looking good. A couple of slips, bang, you're out. It's just like, it's, it's like gone to, two, like, it's gone to a wild, hilarious form of jeopardy. It's yeah. like... They were just look. They were fine forty eight hours ago. Now South I think Africa. about it, they got fucked by the rain because they they played against Zimbabwe and they were, they were already ahead. They were already ahead of the Duckworth Lewis, Lewis rate. Had they already played five overs, but they didn't mm. finish five overs. So they got one point from that game. That's how they got knocked out. Yeah. Then they obviously they lost to the Netherlands, but like, um, fuck that's. 
Oh, that's a Pakistan as well. I mean, they should, like, really, I don't know, if I, did I say this last week? Like, really, if you want to work out who's the best team, the best four teams, you should probably play each other, get it all done in a couple of days, and you'll mm. probably work out who's who in the zoo. But this one is, like, split it into two, you get a couple of games. If there's a washout, suck shit. You know, one <laughs> one, 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 one slip up, yeah. um, you're, yeah. you're in a lot of trouble. Yes. Uh, if you're at home, you t- your home fans mightn't turn up. Uh, Rashid, hey. They're all going for Rashid Khan, apparently. Yeah, exactly, a hometown uh, hero, yeah. Uh, so, Mate, um, what, about, what about Pakistan, though, making in after losing to Zimbabwe yeah. and then also just completely fucking the first game against India when like they, they needed what did India need? 28 of 8? Eight. Eight, 28 of eight. 8 and then that last over was the last over and they've yeah. still they've still snuck themselves in big Doss in the, in the dressing rooms I don't think they've got a fucking idea what he's talking about but yeah. like, I love the energy oh me too I love you, can't, you can't not get around Pakistan you can't, energy of course you can't. absolutely now I was actually thinking before the before the final day on Sunday of the Super 12s <clears throat> I was thinking like oh it's a shame Pakistan aren't in because if they were in it they'd probably favourites yeah but uh, because they've got they've got such a great attack, and the the batters, Shan Masood and Shadab Khan, have sort of done some great business. Iftikhar Ahmed as well, and they and Babar Azam and Rizwan, who were sort of doing the job, especially in that England series mm. beforehand in Pakistan, haven't found their form at all. I think Babar Azam doubled his tally for the tournament. He's on about twenty eight runs for the tournament, averaging seven or whatever, and low strike rate. Rizwan hasn't really got one away just yet, on or off the field. Apparently, yeah, that's right. Uh, did you get one away? Um, so, but like, their bowling attacks are so exciting. Um, you know, Shadab Khan, in, you know, 99K spinners, that's what you need into the deck. Just just fast leggies. It's fine. Got to find Tweakers. that bloke. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. It, like, every team barring India has had a slip in the tournament. Like, it's been fucked up somehow. Well, South Africa beat them. That, that's the one game they've lost. Yeah, but, but that's, that's not a slip. That's, a slip, that's just losing to another decent side. The, the, like, min, like, the, the minnows, in inverted yeah. commas, have won... Everyone has won a game, yeah. except for Afghanistan, who they got they had two washouts, to be fair to them. Um, Australia had it slip against New Zealand, the minnow. No, but uh, <laughs> Pakistan, it, like, has kind of played the the least worst cricket. Like, like though they lost to Zimbabwe yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and they lost to India, like, they, they haven't sort of had, like, w- which were just kind of, like, really bad management of things at the end. Right. They've pretty much been... Like decent enough, I, like I feel like they're well worth a spot. In the, in, that that in is the, the interesting in the that I found form. with a, you know just compare that to Australia. Australia has not had one single player in form in the entire tournament. You know, mm. I think Stoinis has been the best player. Yeah, he had a fifty, he had an eighteen ball fifty against fifty nine off eighteen uh, off against Sri Lanka to yeah. to sort of get Australia ahead in that game and then win the game off about sixteen overs in the end. But Australia had a little bit of yeah. a little bit yeah. of strife. He's spared, and he's just spared t- blushes, but apart from that, I mean, got I mean. Um, Maxwell. Maxwell hit a 15 last game, okay. Mm. But Stornis has had a run of games where he's got sort of t- between 20 and 60, mm-hmm. right? So he's had a bit of form. But apart from that, none of the bowls have performed well. Hazelwood, mm. who is, I think he was a premier fast bowler in, in mm. T20 cricket. He didn't have a good tournament. Stark obviously didn't even play the last game. Cummins hasn't played well for a couple of years, it feels like. Zampa couldn't get in the tournament. Obviously missed a game with COVID. None of the batters did anything. Mm. But it feels like that That's that does feel like, even though Australia might be might feel unlucky just to be out on net run rate and not have playing the game against England didn't play well at all didn't feel like we played any good games whereas mm. I, when I see Pakistan for instance mm. or New Zealand or England or India mm. there are guys who have done something fucking sensational Glenn Phillips 100 Coley doing that game against India Mark Woodbowling Express pace picking up wickets all the time um, Hales has had a good tournament you know uh, Rashid Khan bowled exceptionally well in the game against uh, I think it might have been Sri Lanka you know and I feel like these four teams are in the semifinals now. So it's England and India, might have already said this, and New Zealand and Pakistan, those are your two semifinals. And it feels like, 
Yeah, those are probably the four best teams. Those those are probably the four yeah. best teams. Pakistan are very lucky to be in there given yeah. their fuck ups, but it does feel like they've got some guys who are doing some good shit. I'll obviously uh like I think India are strong, but they're gettable. I think their bowling is very gettable. I could I can see England taking down their bowlers. Yep. Uh, you know, it's good it's good uh, it's serviceable, India's bowlers, but uh mm-hmm. I don't think it's like you know, anything that um would frighten England players too much. <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll continue to sleep on New Zealand. That's my patriotic right, of course, yeah. uh, to to do that. So until they win something, yeah, that yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, but but you know you know they're always going to put up a fight in New Zealand, uh, and but but I'm um, you know I I'd, I'd like to see Pakistan search through the final, and obviously for view count purposes, I'd like them to play against India. But I do think mm. I do think the highest ceiling team is England. I, I agree. Think, I think England put it together. They put it together. They just thinking about England is they they have the class, like they have high class players like Joss Butler and mm-hmm. stuff. You just can't deal with him. Butler's one of those guys like nobody could deal with him if he's on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's it. It's, mm-hmm. it's good night. But it's the depth that really um, impresses me with them. Like it just seems like they're so balanced in terms of like they've got right handers, left handers, tall, short, fucking yep. mesomorph. They have, they, have, they have seven guys that bowl, nine guys that bat. Yeah, and Sam Sam Curran Sam is, Curran, is, is an nine, enormous value oh. to them. His bowling is yeah. his bowling. You know, this is you look at a guy like Sam Curran wouldn't get near third grade in Australia, <laughs> like uh, which says more about Australia than him. Like, and it's, well. unfa- it's unfair. <laughs> yeah, still got Albert. That's about twenty. If I can get no. He's he's a he's a fantastic T Twenty bowler. You know, yeah. people just, guys just can't get him away. Yeah, he hits, yeah, he executes yeah. like. Uh, you know, Hales with Butler is amazing. Moen Ali, he's yeah. I don't, I'm just saying, name, I'm just saying names. I think Harry Brooks a great player as well. Harry Brooks hasn't done much, I think, so far. But like, uh, mm. you know, and then and then there's Stokes. Stokes is a sort of a you know, like he's a, he's a bit part player in this side, and it's still mm. it's still just Stokes. Yeah, isn't he's bowling four overs. He's taking catches, and yeah. he's, he can chip in for a, a very calming clutch win. Yeah, the other Woody, night. Woods bowling faster than anybody else. Right. You know, they've got three spinners if they need to play them. Like mm. Australia, Australia's like no, we, we're like meat and three veg. You know. I mean, like mm. we were like we, we, the, the three quicks must play. We have Zampa and Maxi with a chop out. That's it. Whereas what like, about I feel our like quicks? What about our quicks? All bowl about one thirty eight, but you know, names. Yeah, well, it's still sort of horse stuff. <laughs> <laughs> still, <laughs> now I think that almost everyone in the world cricket wants India Pakistan. Um, though it will be like chasing the dragon because what happened that other night mm. um, in the in that round game will never be repeated. I mean, it was the 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 eve of Dwali, wasn't it? Um, the only thing it didn't happens. have was it was a was a man cat. That is actually. I, what I still we're feel like for. there's one coming. <clears throat> there's got it, to be one coming. You know, at the same time, it could just so easily be England and New Zealand in the final, it and then that, and that that, that, that is also a possibility. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sort of fifty fifty chance actually. Mm. Um, you know, that's uh, that's got a bit of history there as well. Given the, uh, I don't know if you know what happened in twenty nineteen, mate, but um, England actually invaded yeah. uh, New Zealand. I don't get out of bed though unless there's like deeper, like more sort of ferocious political history now. Just a little you know, bit now, of edge to it. Yeah, now that, you know, like it's it's like it's like a drug. You know what I mean? It's like well, I've gone to a level. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, England, yeah. New Zealand at Lords. Yeah. What have you done for me lately? Now I might tie a belt around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, that does anything for me. I can't think of any better way than to introduce good friend of the show. Is he best friend? He can't be best friend. He's very good friend of the show, Barney Rone. And here he is. I must say it. Here he is. He's the great man, Barney Rone. 
Always a pleasure to have uh, Guardian correspondent extraordinaire Barney Rone on the show uh, reluctantly on camera. Uh, he let us know off air, and I apologize for that, but the people need they need optics. Uh, they need optics, Barney. And oh, I think it's a good optic, by the way. Um, nevertheless, far from me to objectify you, how about I just ask you a cricket question? Uh, do you detect, Barney, early signs of a World Cup win for England? What are what are those signs? Do you like Joss ball or Mott ball? Can you smell it? Yeah, it's um. there's a kind of, is it coming home? Could T20 cricket be coming, or literally coming home, I suppose? Probably Giles Clark would say it was coming home for England to finally, finally regain the format. I, I don't know. It's such a sort of weird, a weird tournament, isn't it? Um, in that really arbitrary things can happen and you base a narrative on that, uh, which is is definitely correct and right. Um, there's so many weak points in this England team and stuff where you kind of think, well, they're, they're going to be found out for that. And they keep picking Stokes because it just feels good to see him there. And people keep saying, he's the man you'd, you'd want. And then eventually he will succeed because if you keep picking him enough times, he will succeed. So you can say, I always knew he'd succeed. So he sort of saw them across the line against Sri Lanka by essentially playing test cricket on a bit of a gummy pitch. And Alex Hale's standing there sort of just swinging his bat. Anything could happen. Who knows? You know, 50 of 20 balls, out. So it's very it's very hard to... The, the one thing I am certain of is that probably everyone who's a neutral and of course, nobody's really neutral these days, probably wants the winner to come from the other semi-final because you've got old, old colonial, cowardly, kind of Colin Firth, musket-wielding colonists versus new cement company, shouty colonists. And then in the other semi, you've got nice guys and fun guys. And then the two kind of, um, you know, the faded, weak-tuned, awful guys and they're kind of people who want to own you so probably probably everyone wants the other people to win but i have to say new zealand for me you know love new zealand cricket you know lovely guys grace dignity sporting but don't really want them in the semi-final should should be probably be australia shouldn't it (laughs) (laughs) i i really agree with you barney in the set just from an england perspective where i sense the story of the tournament will exist in one of two ways either england will be knocked out in the semi-final and then the conversation will be see things weren't right when they lost against ireland or they win gloriously in the final and then it just becomes well just a triumph of method and right selections at right times and they just glued it all together and the program that they put into like the white ball program has just been glorious so um is is there any meaning in a in anyone winning? <laughs> no, it's really hard, isn't it? Um, I don't. I can't really understand whether England are any good or not because Josh Butler can just do, you know, what they, as they call it in football, a madness, and they can win a game, and that kind of rescues the entire dynamic of it. But I have to say, at the same time, it sounds like like saying the T Twenty cricket is so random as to be meaningless. It has been, a, like you say, a really good. World Cup, like it's been epic. It's been incredible. Despite that, some there's been some rain around. It's been the games have revealed that T Twenty cricket is actually good, and and I think it's to do with like we've watched so much bad cricket in the last three years. I mean, I watch all of it because I just can't stop myself watching it. But it's often, as you guys have often said, just colours and noises. 
and people in different teams this week and Ben Dunk uh, running around on the outfield in his bare feet because it's raining. So I watched that for about half an hour once during the pandemic. What am I doing? And, and then suddenly there's, if you make it meaningful, something's riding on it. I think that's what's happened to Virat Kohli in that people say he's had a dip, but I think he's just played loads of really crap cricket. And that's not what he's about. He wants to move mountains. He wants to be epic. He wants to be an all-time star. And he's playing awful stuff in an empty stadium, you know, in, in Dubai. Um, and it's just not him. And so the, the ending against Pakistan was just epic because suddenly he had something epic to do. And it kind of stirred his 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 um, his hormones again. And he, he was back. So I think while it's utterly random, it's been really good as well. It makes me think the whole culture war stuff about red versus white ball cricket isn't true. It's essentially meaningless cricket versus meaningful cricket that we should be protecting. You know, people who want to sell you this product constantly that has no edges and means nothing, they're the enemy, not playing a slightly shorter game. Because when it means something, it's good. Sorry, I'm talking about something completely random and you were talking about whether um, England winning <laughs> would mean anything. And I think that's probably the answer some waffle. Uh, There's lots of talk uh, here in Australia about how our country doesn't really care about the World Cup and uh, that's both a coping mechanism for being bounced out, but it is reflected in how few people turned up. Uh, Like, has it it caught the imagination uh, one month out from Christmas uh, in England? Uh, Unfortunately not, no. I mean, anyway, it's hard to get, you know, cricket's increasingly a kind of minority sport here unfortunately a very passionately maintained minority sport but then no there's not there's not world cup fever in any sense although no doubt uh, when england win there'll be kind of um, open bus stop tours and suddenly you know the usual kind of bandwagon jumping but it's um australia are funny i've have i've really enjoyed the fallout from australia being also because it really reminds me of england football in kind of the the golden generation era there's always this sense of the defeat is so significant that it must immediately be there must be an autopsy and it's more important than the tournament the natural state as it was and is with england football is for australia to win so if someone else wins this is an aberration and there must be reasons but i've seen all this i saw something this morning about they're going to tear apart the team and you know we're going to bring in all these younger guys but they all seem to be 28 29 30 and, and David Warner and Glenn Maxwell, is David Warner going to retire? Is that going to happen? Um, I just, uh, I, I do enjoy Australian uh, Australian failure, but not for the reasons you'd think, just because it, it feels uh, reassuring and homely and I recognise it. There's the shades of English football arrogance there that I really cling to and enjoy. Much, much like England, I'm sure the the uh, the conversation at the moment is who's going to play right back in the in the World Cup for the Socceroos. That's that's mostly the <laughs> the conversation at the moment. Um, Bunny, uh, we've been well, me especially have been waxing lyrical about Sam Curran's performance in the tournament. He was certainly not a lock to start. He, he was sort of in the squad. He was he was close enough to the squad, but he has been. I think he's been the form bowler of the tournament, and I just think he's been absolutely sensational at the death in the middle overs. He brings stuff in the field. He he bats nine, but he's a very capable batsman. Um, is there, you, you know, are you, are you seeing it the same way? Are you seeing it the same way as him being like just a highly skilled, highly valuable T20 cricketer? I mean, I guess so. Um, I'm <laughs> pleased that he's found, there was always a thing about what kind of cricketer is he? Everyone was convinced that he was good, but no one really knew how or why. 
So I mm-hmm. guess he's found a role. He got injured, stopped playing test cricket and has found this role as a kind of skillful, uh, skiddy, 79 mile an hour left arm bowler. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's slightly, again, a bit of a narrative based. Is Sam Curran any good, really? I can still sort of see him being dumped into the crowd five times when people wake up and realise that he's a slow, skiddy left arm bowler. I, I, I don't know. He, he's been very fortunate. His career seems to have been sort of like handed to him in many ways. And he, he, I always remember Vic Marks describing him as the, the 21-year-old veteran. And he's basically been a kind of 37-year-old county seamer since he was 19 years old. He's been Darren <laughs> Stevens since that age. I don't feel that he's going to get any better. He's not going to get taller or quicker. He's just this very mature guy with a kind of very focused facial expression who's known exactly what he's going to and been very mature and grown up since the age of 16. I, I remember when he was coming through at Surrey, um, he went to the Nets. Uh, they, they both kind of, sort of basically turned up uh, and he went to the Nets with the other under-16s. At the start, there was a sort of bit of talk of like, who is this guy? You know, what what's this about? He was kind of small and unexceptional. But by the end of this kind of training camp, he had, by not having any obvious physical qualities, had shot ahead of everyone else. And people were just talking about this guy, essentially as a kind of factor of his personality. He was just incredibly focused and incredibly into this thing and learning all the time. He basically became a bowler. I think he was a batsman, became a bowler. And it's kind of an active personality. He seems to have learned as a professional and become this now very skillful left-arm bowler. And things like MS Dhoni saying, I think you're brilliant, I'm going to totally back you. While he's already at the IPL, which he got on the back of one good test series against India, which is a very wise career decision on his part mm-hmm. again. Um, his career has kind of become this thing where he learns on the job. So it's kind of, a, yeah, it's an amazing thing in some ways. I still don't, still don't know if he's any good, though, is he? <laughs> I haven't formulated this question, Barney. It's not, it's not written down for me here, but like we're talking in circles about whether T20 cricket is random and if the people that we suspect aren't very good are actually good and whether any of that actually matters. Like to, to, to your point earlier, like do, do you just conclude that as long as the cricket is meaningful and we have a winner and a loser and some kind of nation state gratification, then you don't really mind what makes a good T20 match or whether the principles, you know, from Don Bradman's art of cricket don't apply anymore, that 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 dollar the buck twenty bowlers like Sam Curran can be the best, even though he could also go for five sixes. Like, um, do, do you do you trust data when it comes to T twenty cricket, or do you just think it is a rather random game and we should just enjoy it that way? Well, the theory seems to be that it's random over a long period of time. So you can get naught, naught, hundred, naught, naught. And so over a long period of time, that randomness evens out. But I still, I, I don't know. I, all I really want is some some sort of authentic feeling. And so the, the my, me saying that it's a good World Cup is basically based on the fact that the people who are cheering look like they really mean it and enjoying it. And I feel like it's real. I mean, we just had this story about fans going to the Qatar World Cup being paid to enjoy themselves and being told to cheer and sing songs. And it seems like that's the final frontier is, is sort of buying your feelings. And that's something that is vaguely familiar already from T20 cricket, something I've sort of felt is happening in many ways with these full houses of free tickets and people, uh, sort of the paid cheerleader kind of sense that the weird people trapped in that netherworld in the IPL where they flick to this wall of videos where these people seem to be on an endless loop of cheering and doing thumbs up. 
So this World <laughs> Cup has felt has felt real in that the emotions are real. India Pakistan was real, and also even even though India feels like this juggernaut, there are these brilliant stories. Like it can't help producing authentic, like Surakumar Yadav. It's just the most amazing story. Um, he's not some gym pumped kid who's come straight out of an IPL factory. You know, he's thirty two, and he made his debut. 10 years ago in first class cricket and in the Ranji trophy and he's learned to play this other game and he seems like a really really nice guy and he's become one of the greatest batsmen we've ever seen in this format late in his career and it's just a brilliant it's kind of a, a Hollywood story it's a star factory thing which is still really moving whatever you think of T20 cricket and I, I really like that he's not one of I, mean, I remember during the 100 there was a there was a, an interview with Moeen Ali where he took you into the Edgbaston gym and he was like here we are in the gym and he just dropped in like a bombshell just casually that this is where the younger players sit when they're waiting to bat they go in the gym will smith goes in the gym and pumps iron as a way of preparing to bat so he just walks because you can see the, the middle and wicket goes there he just walks straight out from the gym and i just don't want that to be what happens in cricket but Bradman wasn't <laughs> Bradman wasn't lifting a ping pong ball was he, in a cricket stuff he was, he was hitting it to a metal uh, water storage container. I mean, is that what cricket's going to be? Um, so, no, no to that. And yes to Syria Kumar Yadav's struggle um, would be my answer to that. A, a, a lot of people in uh, in England, at least a, the, a minority of cricket supporters, will want England to win. But you do, do you also acknowledge that lots of people want India to win, especially on YouTube and especially broadcasters? <laughs> yeah, I mean, India in the final. I think everyone, everyone wants India in the final. And I guess from there, you've got the eyeballs. That's all that really matters. Um, I don't, does T20 need need India to win? Would it be the shot in the arm this format really needs to popularise itself? Are we back in 2007 again? I mean, probably the best thing would be for India to lose because then India can have... Um, post-mortems and self-loathing and agony and people can be burnt in the streets and it probably doesn't happen anymore and they can then I mean, make, would it become too easy for India if they keep winning these tournaments? Is there a danger we'll kill kill the goose? I think in, India losing to England would be so incredibly traumatic and painful and, and wrong and cause so much, so it would crash the internet and that probably is, is what we want. Um, uh, on the other hand, England will win Deeply annoying for every single other person with even the slightest interest in cricket, and also lots of English people who have an interest in cricket. So, yeah, no winners there. Maybe Pakistan India is the final we need. I I do think that now I think about it out loud, there are, there are no winners. Like if New Zealand wins it, then it's sort of like um, it doesn't seem to validate the tournament itself. It's like wow, okay, you know. In I mean, if India win this, then it's going to be then it's going to be ah, see the IPL has really you know buttressed the national team, and they've and then before you know it, the IPL goes for nine months. And if England win it, well, it's like well, okay, these guys are you know this is Star Wars, and you guys are the enemy now. So I think Pakistan is the answer. Uh, but then that might turn into a, a year-long PSL. So I think we just call the tournament now. Let's just hope for some washouts. Um, let's let's hope the rain comes. I, there's, there's no question attached to this. I'm just thinking out loud now because I didn't say anything for a while. <laughs> well, that's because I've been waffling on, but it is hard to work out why New Zealand winning the tournament. It's just, I really like New Zealand. Like They're great. Mm. I love them. They're a great team. I mean, I was vaguely encouraged by Kane Williamson's cheating catch i kind of thought yeah maybe i can get behind this but then it seemed like he just waved and it was fine and he's still really nice but 
somehow them winning just even them losing narrowly again i just can't really buy into um yeah you know i need i need hatred um Well, it sounds like we're all sort of into the tournament and, um, you know, whoever's <laughs> going to win is going to win. Uh, Barney Ronna, thanks so much for joining us. Cheers, guys. See you. And there he goes, Barney. Great to have Barney on the show and this uh, high point, this flashpoint, this flashpoint of the finals. Mm. Okay. Really a flashpoint, is it? Doesn't no. make any sense. You know, I was trying something. You know, you shoot your That's shot. Right. You got to shoot. Nah, I fucked up. I fucked up. Uh, Pez's support for the great cricketer comes from our very good friends at Manscaped. And you know what? If they weren't good friends, we'd fuck them off. But they are good friends. <laughs> and our and our friends who listen to this show and watch this show, they su- they're supporting Manscaped and they get 20% off using the code TJC at manscaped.com. Have you got some copy for me? Uh, yeah, just on, on, on my, my phone here. I'm, lo- I'm looking up um, mail Christmas. Oh, I can't. It's not, it's not going to let me do it. It's not going to let me do it. Um, Look, basically, Christmas is Christmas is coming up. Manscapes there. We've been talking on the Manscapes there. Uh, we've been talking on the the review shows about uh, cl- chases that get a little close for comfort. Uh, Pakistan had one. Um, England kind of had one against Sri Lanka as well. Afghanistan and had one against Australia. Yeah, I got a little close for the fielding I suppose. side. But it's uh, and, and that's blue ball stuff. Your balls are getting blue there. Okay, yeah, now we're talking. And now we're talking mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, the one one way you can relieve your yeah. your balls and ensure What's that they're, well, ins- and ensure that they're just aerodynamically yeah. adept, yeah. Uh, and yeah. that they're not carrying anything they don't need to carry, and everything just feels generally efficient and organised and sleek around the area, yeah. is to shave the hair on them with the manscaped product. Uh, <laughs> Very specific. Uh, a bit of blue ball stuff. Okay. Uh, and you can, you know, if you could, if you want, I don't do this. If you, but it, it's really yeah. like quite adept at getting around all sorts of areas. If you want to yeah. keep going, if you want to keep going around to the sort of around, around the other, the right, other right around the other, Graham Gooch. Yeah, exactly. Um, on the on the South African Netherlands game, Dale Stain was commentating, right? Yeah. And you know, oh, we've yeah. all heard of squeaky bum time. Yes, yes, uh, yes, yes. Coined, I think, by Sir Alex Ferguson, I believe. Um, but Dale Stain had an interesting term. He said it's it's um, there's plenty of itchy bums, plenty of itchy bums in the dressing rooms there. Ah, uh, okay. And now I'm not sure if that's a thing or it could if be a South just, African thing given, misspoke, given their sure. history. The squeak could become an itch, which is actually what happens yeah. when you think about that process in and of itself, which is getting m- more grotesque than I'm probably willing I, to get. I would recommend going see a physician if yeah. that was the case. If a, if a squeak turns to an itch. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I could be an ingrown hair, but you don't get ingrown hairs with a manscaped. Yeah, well, if you, you, you got you to look after yourself a little bit. I do, I do have some copy here, though. Here goes. This is uh, holidays coming early. It's, ne- it's never too early to play holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts, whether it's for a friend or the friends in your pants. You can make this season one to be jolly with manscaped. Do do your little drummer boy a favor, <laughs> little drummer boy. <laughs> what do you? What do you call that? Oh, that's my little drummer boy. Do them a favour. You know, some people give their penises names. Those people are often in jail, to be fair. Uh, But I'm not sure if little drummer boy is getting the run. Do you, little drummer boy? Imagine imagine if your missus just referred to your penises as a little drummer boy. Little drummer boy. Yeah. Christ. (laughs) Tricky from there. Uh, Hmm. Use the lawnmower 4.0 to add another... To avoid another silent night night in the bedroom. (laughs) 
Uh, they've only gone and done it. Then add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, I've shaved my balls and I've then um, kind of used the other accoutrements to make them smell nice and clean. And mm. then people walk past and go, oh, I like the Mariah Carey song, All I Want for Christmas is You. I, I do wonder if there are, let's say, women out there, but regardless, anyone uh, who's, who's interested in genitalia who like the little to have a boy. smell of a drummer boy and go, all I want for Christmas is you. Mm-hmm. Santa cares about his sack and so should you. Look nice when you get naughty. By going to manscaped.com, use the code TGC for free shipping and 20% off. That's the code TGC at manscaped.com, 20% off. Uh, It must be fun to write those copies, whoever does that at manscaped.com. Use the code TGC. Hey, Pez! Hashtag ICDC is brought to you by Ponting Wine. It's brought to you by Safety. Uh, I'm not allowed to say this, but they've had a rebrand, and it's a successful one. It's actually just called Safety now, and they're just pictures of Ponting's forearms. Okay, sometimes I might say it's called Ponting Wines. Sure, really, sometimes. On occasion. Safety. On it's occasion. Just, it's called safety. Uh, and we're very happy to be getting behind them. If you go to pontingwines.com uh, and use the code GETAFEW, oh, yeah. G-E-T-A-F-E-W, you're going to get 20% off the whole fucking range now, there, as far as being, I understand. Are we being sent any Ponting Wines? Because I wouldn't mind a dabble. Or am I going to pontingwines.com myself using the code GETAFEW? Well, let's do that as a test. Well, uh, our, our contact at Ponting Wines, I'm not saying your name, sure. but let's see if he listens. Yes. And he, send, he can send it through to our address. I'm not yeah. going to say, Let's it on say air. the address I'm not on say air. Say the yeah. address on yeah. air. But um, kind of like, is that a bit presumptuous? We think people would give a fuck where we are. But anyway, uh, they'll probably send us some other stuff, I suppose. But um, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I'm just. I'm just. So I wouldn't want to drop. I'm thinking pure practicality. I've got no yeah. problem with using the code get a few at Ponting yeah, once. Like, yeah. I've got no problem with that. I'm yeah. just saying, like, I wouldn't mind some myself because yeah. you know, coming into summer, coming into summer. You know, maybe I've got a few events coming up. I've got a few hosting occasions. I've got some dinners coming up. I'm looking yeah, forward that's to. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. proud of you. Thanks. Um, and uh, you know. Like as if you're not like it's all, it's already already a conversation piece. If you got ponding on the table there, you That's think true. you're thinking hairy forearms. I'm thinking the 2003 World Cup final. People go, oh, you're the cricket guy. You've yeah, got your that's, cricket wine. That's an issue. You still doing the cricket thing? Not mm. really. Mm. No, I presume you're talking about me playing twos. Mm. <laughs> no, I stopped playing. Still love cricket. <laughs> what do you mean still? Ponnywines.com. Use the code. Get a few, and let me tell you, you will get a few indeed. Hashtag RCJC. Bye. This is from Anon. As an aspiring political journalist, I take pride in the neutrality of the contents that I consume on a weekly basis and relish the inherent dichotomy of left versus right. I begin in such a grand, grand, grandiloquent, okay, in such a grandiloquent manner so as to justify my consumption of the Jordan Peterson podcast, an admission that would usually leave a political commentator like myself being barbecued, sacked, by my nominally superior batting partner, boss. As you may or may not be aware, Mr. Peterson recently interviewed broadsheet slash television controversialist, okay, Piers Morgan, after his usual stage acts of sanctimony and pseudo-intellectualizing over burgeoning work movements, Piers went on to detail his personal proximity to Donald Trump, when talking about their closeness over the phone, he revealed that Trump actually addresses him as champ mm. on a regular basis. On Piers asking him for an interview during the opening few months of his presidency, he reportedly replied, of course, champ. For purposes of validity, please see blah, blah, blah. 
my contemplations that I put towards you are thus. Although Morgan cites his victory on, on Trump's celebrity apprentice as the reason for Trump's labeling of him as champ, I've been wondering whether the former president is in fact surreptitiously undermining Morgan and revealing him to be the incompetent, over-promoted arse-licker that most of the legacy media suspect peers of being. Furthermore, do you see... Uh, do you guys see the migration of champ from the cricket field and other platforms of sporting reproof towards the political landscape as mere mockery or as something more serious? And which, if any, side of the political aisle would you like to see more champing emanating from? Could you, for example, envisage a shadow cabinet minister hurtling the phrase, you Tory champ, from the dispatch box at the latest PMQs or maybe have think tank figureheads yell champ to astonish debating opponents in a similar fashion to Village Sunday Afternoon Alphadom. Keep up the good work, boys. Love the pod. Regards are non. Right, so so he's been so Piers Morgan's been chanced by Trump. I gotta say, I feel like I'm going to the well to uh pull out some more champ. Ah, it's, a, it's a throw it's a throwback, yeah, isn't it's it? A throwback. It's a throwback to twenty sixteen. It's a throwback. Uh what does it mean that Donald Trump calls Piers Morgan champ? I mean, we see this in America a fair bit. Isn't Joe Biden's dog called Champ? Yes, I think and Champ it, died. It, look, it, it, uh, okay, R.I.P. I think. Either now, way, do I do I type in is Champ dead? <laughs> Champ dead? How old? <laughs> Biden. Yeah. Uh, we see this in America, and it can be quite jarring when you read on Twitter. Like someone will always get in touch with you, or you might see it in India as well. Like people just kind of calling others Champ. Without any real, without any sense of condescension, real or implied, mm-hmm. and it's very difficult to read it in any other context. Yeah, and I insist on reading it in that context anyway. You know, of course, like, okay, course. There's, it, there, there's nothing else you're able to do. But in this case, I don't know. Like we're talking about Trump and Piers Morgan, right? Fuck, it's a. There's a couple of champions there. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's a couple of champions. A couple of Champs-Élysées. Yeah. Champignon. Uh, it doesn't, you know, Piers Morgan, Donald Trump discourse doesn't get me going that much either. It's There's too much going on. Right. I feel like you, you talk about a dinner table guest. Like you feel like, you know, you're not even sh- – like there, there's so much going on with both of those blokes. Like I'm sure there's yarns deluxe. But, I'm, you know, like I've always maintained, for example, like – you know, war criminal, but George Bush—it's a good schooner, probably. It's probably a funny. It's probably a funny schooner, right? On a certain level, but Trump and Piers Morgan, like you just know that there's going to be too much going on. There's yeah. too much fucking. It's not. A, it's not a nice dinner. Too much tete-a-tete. Too much neediness. Too much stuff you're going to have to fucking look after. You know, mm. mental load that you're going to yeah, be carrying. Yeah, yeah. Who calls who champ is probably the least of your worries in that in that dinner conversation. Mm. That I've invented in as a way of dealing with some fucking chance question again. <laughs> some deep seated issues. And yeah, President Biden's dog champ dies at age thirteen. That was on CBS News last year in June right. last year. So R. I. P. R. I. P. Champ. And you know what? Champ could should almost be retired. But it won't be. No, it won't, it won't mean, be. It's too, it's too it's too fundamental to the psyche. It's too fundamental. But it's like it's like, you know, if you're shopping for a car, then you see that car everywhere. Like it's just once you once you recognise a champ, you just see it in every interaction in every way possible. Whether you be labelled sweets or pal, sweetie, sweetie pops. <laughs> as as you often are. 
I, I do yeah, think yeah, there's, been, there's, a, there's a broader awareness in Australia of the implications and condescension of jam. Of course, of course, of course. From age 40 below. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm scared this is going to um, proceed yeah. a plethora of more champ stuff. We don't need it. We you know, go back oh, to episode right. 215 and beforehand. 216, yeah. this is 217, this one. Uh, anyway, yeah. Well, that'll do, Pez, I reckon. Uh, thank you very much to Barney. Thank you very much to Ted for coming onto the show once again. Well, the summer must have started if Ted's on the show. And, yeah. of course, Barney's just winding down for the football season now for him. Uh, just a small matter of a World Cup, I suppose. Indeed, over there in uh, Qatar. Couple of champs there. Couple of champs knocking about there as well. Thank you as always for listening to TGC or watching TGC wherever you are across the world. Hopefully come to a live show, greatcricketer.com or on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash greatcricketer. You already know all the websites. We'll see you guys after the World Cup final on Monday next week. See you later.